I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Welcome back to another episode of Design to Heal. Dr. Ben Rawl. Ben, how are we doing today? Hey, well, we're good. I'm not even going to waste time this time, all right? <laughs> I promise to, my, to you, Skip to the listeners. Skip the formalities. Heart health, man. We're we gotta... talking about heart health today. So, uh, yes, heart health. If you were listening to the last show or whenever this weather one played, we're laughing a little bit because... Um, you know, we tried to talk about heart health and I don't know what we ended up talking about, but it wasn't heart health. So, <laughs> but it's still worth listening because some of them that we listened to that previous show, cause it does have, the concepts are the same. It had a lot of setups. We have sure. to talk about kind of how we view yeah, heart health yeah, and, yeah. and, and how we approach caring for it in this, yeah. in this nation. And, and I'm going to share some very shocking statistics, um, and, or some facts cool. that I think are really important. And so heart disease, you know, um, is considered a top killer. Now we talked about on the show. Some people would say it's number one. You know, depending on how you measure this, I mean, you know, there's more abortions every year in the United States than there are people that die of that. So I mean, this this gets a little convoluted when you add up all the medical injuries. That's a top killer. You know, I would be probably one to say that lifestyle is our top killer. You know, but it just depends on the category of a death certificate that this happens. And so, sure. let's just say a lot of people die of heart problems. All right. Yeah. Now, more importantly, yeah. though, I would say. A lot of people are afraid of heart disease, right? Sure. My dad had it, my uncle had it, I'm going to sure. have it, this sure. kind of thing. Sure. And then also, it's our top drugs, right? Well, isn't we, it called, it's called the silent killer, I think, right? Usually, well, right? high that, blood they, pressure is often called the silent killer. Oh, is that what it is? You, okay. You don't, quote, feel it. But now there's a lot okay. of things that fall into that. You know, people say cholesterol could be considered a silent killer. You don't okay. feel it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but here's the reality of that. You bring this up. Most diseases that you can think of have little to no symptoms until mid to late stages. Mm. We all know people. They got a tumor in their brain. They never felt it. That you can have a true. cavity and yep. not feel it. Yep. You can have, yep. you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. You can have all sorts of things. Mo I, you know, I've known people that have gone in and gotten, you know, kidney function tests done, and they found out their kidney, you know, fra you know, ejection fracture is, you know, sixty percent. Most most things that you can think about, you do not feel until late stages. Yeah. Now there's yeah. good to that, meaning if you felt everything all the time, if you felt your liver working right now, you'd pass mm -hmm. out, right? You don't want to feel everything, but yeah. You know, it does lead to these things. So sure. heart disease is is one of those things, you know, and then so that's where people start asking about cholesterol and and high blood pressure and right and, and all these things. And so we do want to talk about it. now. I'm gonna come in from a different perspective than most people. Um, I'll cite everything that I share today, but um, you know, most of what you hear about heart disease is right. Go in, get your cholesterol checked, get your this checked, and, and you know, and then take corresponding drug. Usually, you know, a little bit of you know, uh, you know, lip service to lifestyle, and then you yeah. know, but hey, yeah. take your drug. So, yeah. um, Doctor Dean Ornish is the first thing I'm going to start with here, and he's written many articles. You mm -hmm. may have. He was. He would be. I would say pretty famous. Yeah, you, I know that name. Tell me yeah. where I know that name. Though. Um, he's wrote a lot. I mean, there's the Dean Ornish play. He's the first guy that probably wrote a lot of the books about it. You know, so you see it in Barnes and Noble, lowering your cholesterol okay. naturally, right. and right. Fair and um, those types of things. He, and he's. I mean, I, I've actually uh, talked with him, and I've followed his work for a long time. Yeah. Um, he has actually published many studies where he's actually shown reversing 
heart disease. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not only stopping it, but reversing. Now, there's been some other doctors. Dr. Esselstein is another one. He's at um, a Cleveland uh, Clinic. He runs a cardiology up there. Okay. So there's a lot, of, but, but that doesn't get that doesn't get the main stage, right? Now these people are, are are famous in their own way, but this doesn't get to be standard of care, right? We end up just still being you go in, you get your blood work. They say your cholesterol is high. Here's your drugs, and then that just starts this sequelae down there, right? But we have to have a different approach to this. And so here's one of his direct quotes. This is from Dr. Dean Orner. She says, studies have shown that changing lifestyle could prevent at least 90% of all heart disease. Thus, the disease that accounts for more premature deaths and costs Americans more than any other illness is almost completely preventable and even reversible by simply changing lifestyle. For the sake of this show, let's say... Uh, you know, coronary heart disease or heart disease is is the leading cause of death. Mm-hmm. The fact that we could intervene at ninety percent of that and is crazy by lifestyle, like like it's unbelievable. I mean, almost to me, when I started learning some of these things years ago, I was almost like. You almost felt like the guy that had to go up and like scream from the mountaintop. Yeah, yeah, you know, when you yeah. find a family member that has this, or Bob's having surgery, or my dad had this, and you go, yeah. hey, great news, right? This is mostly related to our lifestyle. Yeah. So, is, is there a way, real quick, if I can parse yeah. that thought out, is, is that, um, you know, is that 90% applicable to people who have already seen symptoms of it, or is it way before they even start? Like, you know, what does that, you know, what does that look like? Um, I, well, I I don't know if I entirely understand the question. I would, but I would just say the would be the whole range, okay? okay. Because they okay. the the also says at the end there and even reversible. So okay. no matter that, what so that's stage the key. That's what I was you're for. identified yeah. at, yeah. you know, um, there's Dr. Esselstein is famous for saying this statement. He says I can heart attack proof you in two weeks. Meaning if you come into me and you're currently not having a heart attack. I can stop you from having one if you start to follow. Because meaning we can stop the progression of the heart disease. Okay, naturally. So here's another thing that I that I want to start with, and this is uh, a direct quote from Dr. George Mann, and this was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, and he was the co-director of what's called the Framingham study. This is where like the first big statin drug study came from. Okay, statin drugs, Lipitor, Crestor, those mm-hmm. types of things, cholesterol yeah. drugs. Yeah. So. He did, the, the, that's probably the most famous study in this. Here's his quote. This is the guy that did the study, the co-director of it, okay? This is published in the New England Journal of Medicine. He says, quote, the hypothesis has been repeatedly shown to be wrong. Yet, for complicated reasons of pride, profit, prejudice, the hypothesis continues to be exploited by scientists, fundraising enterprises, food companies, and even the governmental agencies. The pu- this is his, his, the public is being deceived by the greatest health scam of the century. What he's talking about is cholesterol drugs. He's calling it the greatest scam of the century. Like the statins Statin and drugs. stuff, But right? that, that yeah. if you take a statin and it lowers your cholesterol, that hypothesis has been repeatedly shown to be wrong. So there's some of you that are listening to this right now. You're going, but I, but, but, but come on, 
But I thought, but I thought, this is why back to the show before this, Jeff, if, if we don't, if we're just going to take the bumper sticker, vaccines 95% effective, right. what does that mean 95% right. Right. effective? Right, right. Because I'm going to probably think what you mean is it means I can't get it. Right. I, you know, right. But then when you realize that wasn't what they were trying to say. So when you tell me... Wait, can I ask you something real yeah. quick? Like when you, so this is New England Journal of Medicine? Yes, right? Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of these guys that publish these things, like in places like that, are like just purists and researchers at heart. Like they just love their work and they just want to report the evidence. But they're not they're not like great marketers and stuff like that. And so yeah. a lot of times you don't you don't necessarily like the public never sees. I mean, kind of a you you read these things yeah. regularly, obviously. But Ben, your average patient, no. and everything. I don't think they have a subscription to the New England Journal of no, Medicine, so, and they, so they never get to see this. Is what absolutely. I'm saying. Absolutely, and it's you certainly know? not going to make the news, and it's not going to make it into your cardio, you know, your your cardiologist office. You know, if you've right. if you're new to the show, if you go back into one of our episodes last year, we had a cardiologist on, Dr. Jack Wolfson, who, you know, essentially left traditional cardiology. Yeah. His dad was a cardiologist. Yeah. He was yeah. a partner in the largest cardiology firm in Arizona, yet left because he said. We're, we're, we're it's not okay what we're doing. Yep. So this, again, I have to keep talking about this, but the typical, to your point, Jeff, the typical thing that happens, you go in, you get a physical, you get your blood work, they say, oh, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, here's your drugs. You're scared because they've told you, drummed into you, just like we've done with COVID or other things, right? They've drummed into you over and over and over. Cholesterol will kill you, cholesterol will kill you, cholesterol will kill you, that kind of thing, except the problem is the science doesn't support that. This is a great example of another quote. This or another. This comes from a doctor who was actually a Harvard doctor, Dr. Abramson, and he says, and this is his quote. He says, "It's going to take a long time for Americans to get past their cholesterol phobia that has been drummed into their heads for the past few decades. Cholesterol is made naturally by the liver. It's inappropriate to use liver toxic drugs to halt the production of the cholesterol." in the liver so wait, 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 wait. Yep. stop say that again say that last yeah. part again it's inappropriate say that last yeah line. it's inappropriate to use liver toxic drugs to stop the production of cholesterol in the liver most people don't know that your body makes most of your cholesterol okay your liver manufactures the cholesterol in your body because mm -hmm. it's critical to every cell in your body and this is what i mean why you have to have your thinking cap on we've taken a, a, a chemical that the that the liver makes and said bad and the way we're going to fix that is we're going to give you a toxic drug to your liver if anybody's ever been on the statin drugs you'll know you have to go in and get your blood work done about every six months to check your liver enzymes to see if it's damaged your liver so much that we have to now take you off of the drug mm -hmm. this is quite ironic that we take a person take them give them a drug that actually messes up one of the organs mm -hmm. liver toxic mm -hmm. And then we say you're healthier. We're going to stop your body from doing something that's designed to do, i.e. make cholesterol. And then we're going to give you a toxic drug to, to, you know, that's poisonous to you. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to measure that piece of paper. And go, oh, look at that. Isn't that nice? Your cholesterol went down. There you go, Bob. You're healthy. That's really, really crazy. Mm. Okay? Mm. Now, this is why we have to walk through this a little bit. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us a little bit of a scenario here. for, And we're going to talk about cholesterol just because that's a kind of a big one to talk through. Hmm. The reason I would just ask a few questions for people to start thinking about. So when you look at, you know, you got thousands and thousands of miles of vessels in your body, right? Tens of thousands of miles of mm -hmm. vessels, arteries, and veins. Yeah, you think about that when people go in and get a test. Isn't it ironic? You know, we've been kind of sold this image of cholesterol like it's pouring, you know, grease down your pipe. 
you know what I mean, of your, of your house, right? You know, like you drain the fat off the meat and it plugs up the sink. We've kind of been sold that mentality. I would say to your point, not just that, and then it hardens and it constricts the whatever. And that's what cholesterol does in general. Yeah. That, that's except what that's, I... Except what you just said is completely untrue. I'm not... That's yeah. why I'm here. <laughs> no, no, but that's what I mean, right? right and yeah. I just think what you just yeah. described is what most people would say. Yeah. Here, yeah, I think the average listener is sitting there, yeah, well, that's not how it works, yeah. right? And if you think about it, even when you know, you maybe somebody goes in and gets an EKG done or gets a, you know, an angiogram done or something, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, all the vessels look great, except there's one area that's constricted. Well, I just think that's super interesting. Why is it not the whole, you know, when you think about pipes that are, you know, getting built well, up. Well, like the Widowmaker, for example. Yeah, like yeah, why, talk, we, yeah we yeah. need to talk about that at some point because well, what happens with that? Like that would be a fair, Well, well so isn't it, but I find this, why, why in the whole body, why is that, you've got one little blockage. If You've got thousands of miles that apparently all this cholesterol is flowing around, yeah. plugging up, but, yeah. but for whatever reason, it's just this one or two, or it's, it's just, it should make you go, there's got to be more to this story. Okay. Now, well, we should be asking the question why. And I, again, maybe, yeah. maybe people are, but as somebody who all the analogy that I had was like you said before, the, yeah. pl- you know, the pipes get clogged or anything. I don't feel like I've ever heard anybody discuss, well, why does that happen with certain places yeah, like so that? Here's so that's a fair a, discussion. And here's a good example. So mm-hmm. what, what people don't realize cholesterol is actually part of the healing process. It's okay. one of many things that does. Cholesterol is sent in, and I'm going to give you a great example here. So cholesterol is sent in because it's sent in for healing, okay? Okay. So when there's inflammation or damage to the arterial wall, the body says, "Uh uh-oh, I got to send cholesterol in to heal that. That's why if you look at, um, you know, if you ever do like a dissection of a, of a, of a blockage, you'll see layers, mm-hmm. okay? You'll mm-hmm. see the layer in the vessel, a layer of cholesterol, then, then it just, so over years, it's damage, 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 damage. Mm-hmm. That's why people like Esselstein and others will say, hey, if you're not currently having a heart attack, see, we can stop that progression from happening. Here's what I would say to somebody though, Jeff, just to, to help them understand cholesterol. And this is why they've never had a study that has been shown that they can lower cholesterol and lower your chances of dying sure. of a heart attack. Sure. This is why. So let's say you have cholesterol of 300, let's just say, okay? Now, we've all been drummed into our brains that it's 200, you know, right? And I don't want to split this, but let's just say, Uh so it's at 300, you're going to get checked at 300. Now, we take a drug and you lower it to 200. Let's just say you take Lipitor and you go in and at six months, oh, great news, it's 200 now. Okay, so let me ask you this. When you get that damage, and let's say you don't change any of your lifestyle, you just keep living like you were, right? Okay, so now you get that area of damage to your artery, inflammation, right? inflammation. So do you think your body's still going to send cholesterol in? Yeah, I see where you're going. Of with course this. it is. <laughs> if, if cholesterol yeah. is that bad, Jeff, we should eliminate it. Yeah. Get rid of it completely. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid. Yeah, not even allow the 200, right? Well, down, if, down, if it's so deadly, get it, yeah. get it yeah. to zero. Yeah. When I remember yeah. when I was a kid, my you know my 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 dad he was like it was this thing like don't ever pour grease down the sink, right? You know what I mean, right? <laughs> and uh, and and he didn't say it's okay to pour a little. He didn't say, hey, once every other week. He said, hey, don't do that, right? So there's where these theories begin to th- fall apart for people. If I lower my cholesterol from 300 mm-hmm. to 200, the body's going to still send the cholesterol in to heal it because mm-hmm. it's part mm-hmm. of the natural brilliance of mm-hmm. the body. It's so egotistical for us to think. I go in, I poison your liver a little bit. It'd be like me saying, oh, you've got lung problems. I'll take one of your lungs out. You should be better now. 
right? But we do this all the time. Mm. What we don't realize is the body is responding to its environment. So yeah. if you take a person that goes and runs like a triathlon or something and you measure their cholesterol after that race or the day, few days after that, they'll have higher cholesterol mm. because they have a lot of damage from just doing an Ironman yeah. Yeah. that their body releases and creates a whole bunch of more cholesterol to heal them. Yeah. So we, you know what else is it? I'm going to talk more about this. Cholesterol is in your hormones. Cholesterol mm-hmm. is what makes up your, um, a lot of your neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. There's little sterols in there, okay? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we've gone in and we've really missed, we've really missed the mark. Uh, Dr. Esselstein, you know, who said he's the chief surgery at Cleveland Clinic, he had an 18-year study where he reversed severe heart disease in every one of his patients. Matter of fact, I was wrong. He says uh, on, his, on his diet, he says he can heart attack approve you in one week. Okay. And so when we start to look at this and we start to talk, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the, just the, what the mm. things that we need cholesterol for. Mm. Okay. Um, we need it for brain function. There's a great book written by a medical doctor, uh, doctor, um, think of his name. I got memory problems. Uh, it's actually called Lipitor, the memory thing written by, uh, Dwayne Gravenstein. He was an astronaut and a medical doctor. Mm. He had gone in for a pre-physical, uh, before flight or something. They said, Hey, you've got, um, elevated cholesterol. They put him on a statin drug and he completely lost his memory. They saw it transglobal amnesia, literally forgot who he was. He wrote a book called Lipitor, the memory thief. Yep. And I can't tell you how many people I know that have been on statins that start to say, I'm losing my memory. Mm. It's quite ironic that one of the top drugs we prescribe in the United States is statin drugs, and we have unheard of levels of Alzheimer's. Take 50-year-olds, put them on statins for 20 years, and they start to forget who they are, their memory, right? This isn't complicated. I mean, it's crazy. How, so, because the little synapse in the brain for the, neuro, for the, for the brain cells, the synapses to talk to each other, sterile is part of that. Okay, it makes it makes up your sex hormones. Okay, it's a portion of that. So, so many people say I've got a hormonal imbalance, right? Uh, my testosterone, my estrogen, a lot of that has to do with your cholesterol levels. It's critical for your bile and your gallbladder functions. You need it to make vitamin D. It's in every single membrane of your cell. It's part of the myelin sheath of your nerves. It's critical for your immune system. What are we doing going into the body and saying that's the enemy? That thing that I just described to you, that's the bad guy. Are you crazy? I mean, honestly, like, come on, okay? It's it's interesting. I wanted I was looking up real quick on my phone there that the Alzheimer's increase. Yeah. Because I, you know, it's like it's like many of these sort of chronic diseases been, you know, way back. I mean, granted, I only yeah. have my limited lifetime to to look at, but I, I like studying history and certainly recent history or whatever. And there's that's one another one of those diseases that I would have said doesn't seem to be that prevalent fifty years ago. It wasn't. Right. But but now it is, yeah. and I'm even just like a, sort of a perfunctory look yeah. on you know a, a search engine search here. I'm seeing rises, increasing, expected to increase to this or whatever, and you know not minor increases. They seem to be steep. Like I saw the well, word steep used in concerned. one of these things. Right? I mean, it, they're saying it's going it to literally incapacitate our country because much like autism, yeah. what requires caretakers for them. Oh gosh, it's not just one person down. Oh, gosh, yes. it takes two or three people to care for you know a child with severe autism, an Alzheimer patient, or you know you know, many you know, I have some in my family, my grandfather right now that's struggling with it. Yeah, you know it's it, it you know requires he's unfortunately lives in a home. If something was going to be genetic, purely genetic, then we should see it maintain at that rate. You know, what I mean, if it's one percent genetic, then we should see that one percent stay consistent, even as the population increases. Yeah, well, right? yeah, obviously, right yeah. or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's right. just the, the the frequency. Yeah, when you see whoo, these spikes, these steeps, yeah. you go. You're just logic is got to say environment. You know, if I if I could, if I could get a little personal on this one too, I had two two grandfathers that were very very different in the way that their end of life was. And one lived well into his 90s, right? And 
he, he, I remember, you know, probably in his seventies, I started to hear him say stuff like this and it, it was in a respectful tone, but it was, it was sort of a sad tone because as he was watching at that point, the grandparents on the other side really see their health start to fail. And they were taking this sort of platter of pills and everything. Um, not that they wanted those. It's, it's what the doctor said. And you just mm-hmm. do what the doctor said. Right. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather on the other side used to say, you know, it's just choose your poison. He wouldn't take any of that stuff. Yeah. He would say, just choose your poison yeah. or whatever. No, look, maybe that's an over exaggeration on her, uh, you know, on his part or whatever, but it's hard for a guy like me to look at his life and say, when he went, it was a rapid deterioration. It was like six weeks. He stopped eating. He wasn't doing what, and then he's gone. But yeah. up until that point, he hadn't been driving at that point. He's on his scooter. He would drive, he would literally get on a scooter and ride five miles down the road you know, to go to the grocery store or something like that, come back to the, uh, you know, the scene. It wasn't a, a nursing home by any stretch. It was just a scene, one of those yeah. senior kind of living places. He'd go all over the place, yeah. you know, and didn't care. So here's a few thoughts. So I want to just right? kind of speak to this for a couple seconds. First of all, I want a listener to know this. Number one, regarding like the platter of pills, as you said, number one, I would want a person to always feel um, fully capable of deciding whether or not they want those or not, and they shouldn't be guilted into it, and they yeah. shouldn't be feel like they're forced into it because yeah. somebody yeah. said to take that. Yeah. Okay, so number but, but one, but if they don't have somebody like you totally. saying, "Hey, it's okay," like I know, but that's why that's why we do this. I'm show. not the expert. That's so why. Yeah, I come in and yeah. I just say, "Hey, I just want you." So if you're listening to this or somebody you know and you love, my first step is always know you can choose. They don't own you, at least not at this point. You can choose if you want to take those drugs. You have the right to say no. Part two to this, I would say, is just so we all also understand it's very, 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 very likely, I could probably say 100% likely, that what you think those drugs are doing and Mm. the benefits of them Mm. is not what you think. Mm. Just like the vaccine example. So I had a lady in here the other day, and my patient, and she was telling me uh, years ago she had um, was having some digestive issues, and they they told her a drug to take. She got the prescription. Mm -hmm. She went down to the pharmacist. The pharmacist said, I can't give you that drug. I can't believe they told you to take this. That drug causes cancer. Okay, so here she is, you know, walked fr- across the street from her doctor's office for the prescription for a, an acid reflux drug, and the pharmacist said, I can't give you that. Yeah. They say that causes cancer. Okay, so here's my point. You know, we take this pile of pills because we think, because we were told this works, this treats this, this heals this, this is what you do, and I just want you to know as a listener, it, I, I just can, I can almost promise you it's not what you think. Okay, sure, you've been sure. marketed and lied to. Certainly the benefits of what you think you're doing Far, and I'm going to give you a couple of statistics on this. And then the third thing I would say hmm. is, you know, the the impact of your lifestyle choices, and this is the irony of it, are way more than you actually probably think they are. Hmm. Okay, so hmm. the actual things you can do. Imagine if they had a, a drug that could um, affect 90% of heart disease. Hmm. They don't hmm. have a drug, hmm. but your lifestyle can do that. Imagine if they could do that. How they would sell that. Okay, so as we move into a couple more areas of this, yeah, here's me. one of the questions I, I ask people. So we've for so long we've been told, and, I, and this is a great. I, I really want a person to hear this. Um, I even think I have the study on this, but um, uh, you know, so for so long we were talking about cholesterol and, and eggs, right? You know, cholesterol and eggs, cholesterol and eggs, and isn't it funny that um, cholesterol uh, that eggs are high in cholesterol? Let's think about this, and I know this is going to be a simple little little example here, but. Um, what does an egg, assuming we don't turn it into an omelet, what does an egg become? Uh, well, uh, the eggs we would typically eat. Let me clarify that. There's a lot of eggs out there. <laughs> <laughs> what does an egg become? I mean, if, if it, we let it, you if know, it, it had been properly fertilized, yeah. chick. <laughs> yeah, it becomes a chicken, right? Yeah. So this, so this, this, 
pardon you if you're listening to this and you're you know vegetarian or vegan or something like this we're talking about eating animals here but (laughs) but that that thing that's high in cholesterol was going to become a living organism so it said hey i'm going to create a living organism we need a lot of cholesterol to pull that off because it's actually really important for making living sure beans sure absolutely so but we've said cholesterol is bad it's good for making living organisms, actually critical. So there was a study that a study, but they came out. I think it was 2014 or maybe a couple even years. It might be more recent out of Harvard, and this was when they were changing dietary recommendations, Jeff. And they actually said that um, dietary consumption of cholesterol is inconsequential. It means literally. Um, you sh- you don't have to be thinking about how much cholesterol you eat. It has a negligible impact on your cholesterol. It's interesting. So if we go back to Dr. Klum, right, and he would have the same, he would agree with this completely. What he was saying is, hey, I ate nine eggs a day for whatever it was, 30 days, right? And it didn't really raise his cholesterol. Yeah. Okay, because, because your dietary cholesterol is not what impacts your cholesterol levels. Yeah. Your liver makes yeah. it. Yeah. And it gets rid of what it doesn't need and it keeps what it doesn't need. Okay, so... This is really important. You got so many people that are still turning around their little their little box or the store and going, "Oh, is this high in cholesterol? Because I can't eat high in cholesterol. Because I've eat high in cholesterol, I'm gonna have a heart attack." Except the problem is the science doesn't agree with that statement. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So you know, literally, Harvard came out and said, literally, it doesn't matter how much cholesterol you eat. Okay, because that's not how this thing works. It doesn't. It doesn't go. Oh, I ate a lot of cholesterol. Now I was blocking up my arteries. It just doesn't work that way. So mm, interesting. So as we go through this in a little bit, you know, and just a few other things, um, what I would want a person to know, you know, is a couple things. You know, even when we look at those numbers that get set, Jeff, right? You know, two hundred and these types of things. You know, those um, those are all one of them. When they did this panel that sat down that did that. Eight of the nine people on the panel had direct and severe conflicts of interest to drug companies. Huh. Paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. So nine people get in a room. They say, hey, what should we have the cholesterol numbers be? These people are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars by the drug companies. Right. And they come out with them and say, uh, 200, right? Over time, that number has gone lower and lower and lower. You know, we're, we're a little bit younger, but I even remember when I was younger, it wasn't 200. It was, it was higher than it was 240. It was, it used to be 300. Yeah. You've seen it progressively yeah. get lower and lower yeah. and lower. Um, and so what we have to think about is, is, is that now there's one other little thing I want to, I want to walk through as it relates to kind of cholesterol for a second. So, um, there's something called absolute risk and there's relative risk, okay? So when you see the drug commercial and it says, and this is a good example, Jeff, where we can keep perspective. Um, if something drops from, you know, 2% to 1%, you know, what you see in the news is 50% reduction, okay? If you told me my chances, a good example would be COVID, all right? Mm-hmm. If my chances of dying from COVID are 0.00, or let's even say it was, well, it doesn't matter. The blended average right now is 0.24, uh, um, right? So if if you're looking at that, which means 99.76 chance of survival. Um, so if I'm looking at that and I'm going, and you said I can reduce your risk even more, I go, man, I'm actually pretty good with 0.24. Do you follow me? Right, so so when you go in, and, and I'm going to read this right out of an example of this, okay? Because I think this sums it up. So it says... But we're often hyped on the relative risks, not the absolute risk, okay? Um, so the hype 
right, is cut your reduce, you know, reduce your cholesterol by 50%. But what does that mean? Okay. So it says, and this is how they stated this. If you take a male who is a 50-year-old smoker with high blood pressure and eats the worst diet in the world. This is out of a cardiologist is saying this. And mm -hmm. he's using this statistics to prove his point. So you got the guy in the worst categories, right? He's 50 years old. He's a smoker. He has high blood pressure and eats terrible. I would have to tell him that Lipitor would only reduce his risk by 2% over the next five years. Of, if he understood that information, he would say, you're expecting me to take a pill every day for five years. It's going to cost me $2 a day. You're crazy. I'm not doing it. If physicians were truly honest with their patients, the doctor says, I think there would probably be very few people being treated for primary prevention with a statin drug. Primary mm. prevention meaning have, haven't had a heart attack Interesting yet. line. So mm. what, what people don't realize is, what do you mean? I have to take a drug for five years, mm. reduces my chance risk by maybe 2%. Like, I'm not doing that. Now, it gets a little bit more here. It says, it's said that statin drugs lower the risk of dying from a heart attack by 30%. It says, but this is a relative number. Actually, only about 1.3% of statin users experience benefit after years of use. This begs the question, are there more side effects, some even mortal, than there are health benefits from taking this drug? He says this is difficult to determine because so many patients who experience severe side effects from the drugs stop taking them. A recent study conducted among 27,000 statin drug users revealed side effects 44% outweighed the alleged benefit. Mm. Liver problems increased by 448% in statin mm -hmm. users. Mm -hmm. Many patients, up to 17%, had to stop taking the statins. This skews the proposed risk-benefit ratio. So this goes even further to say, you know, the risks outweigh the benefit, right, of taking these drugs and the, the, the reduction. So I'm that person, and I'm, sm I'm eating crap, I'm smoking, you know, whatever. I have a horrible mm -hmm, lifestyle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm taking my drug. I got to take this for five years to reduce my chances of something happening by maybe 1%. That's not accounting for the negative effects on my body and the other things that it causes. Mm. This is like a really big deal. Most people think that it just helps them be healthier, mm. right? Mm. And it's such mm. a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting things about the origin of statins, and so some people say to me, hey, well, I want to do something natural then, right? Mm. So they do something called, um, um, there's a product out there called Red Yeast Rice. This is actually where statins come from. There's a toxic fungus that's on red yeast rice called lovostatin that it's a protective mechanism for red yeast rice. Because if the animal eats it, guess what happens? When the animal eats it, listen, it blocks cholesterol and CoQ10 in that animal and it kills the animal. And we made that. So it blocks the chem the bot the animal that eats the red yeast rice. Wow. It blocks. So if you've listened to this, you know people that are on statin drugs, a lot of times they'll say tell you to take CoQ10. They'll say take CoQ10 because we know statin drugs stop the body from making that. Okay. So you're taking a toxic chemical from a plant that kills the animal that eats it because it's a poisonous fungus. You take that and we call you healthier. That's insane. Now, let's get a little crazier. Right now, ever since they've studied healthcare or studied, you know, coronary arteries and, and cholesterol levels, we have the lowest cholesterol 
we've had as a nation in our history since we've measured it, okay? The collective number, ironically, is at about 199. Let's use logic, okay? Let's just say, okay, our cholesterol level is lower than it's ever been. We should be having less heart disease. Mm. If you want to take the credit, drug companies, from saying, hey, we're getting people on statin drugs and we're lowering your cholesterol levels, great news. We should have less. What do we have? More than ever, younger than ever, People having heart attacks in their 40s, okay? And you know what? And this goes back to our conversation we had with uh, the, uh, you know, Michael about sugar, okay? One thing we have seen in the last you know, 100, now 120 years, in the year 1900, the average person had about five pounds of sugar a year, the entire year, one of those five-pound bags. Mm-hmm. Now it's about, it depends on the year. The last one I saw, about 174 pounds oh of sugar gosh. a year. Why does this matter? Sugar causes inflammation, mm. Inflammation causes damage in your arteries mm-hmm. and your cardiovascular mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. The body will make cholesterol to try to go in and heal mm-hmm. that. The underlying cause is inflammation. Okay, that's what you should be thinking about. Taking a statin drug and thinking you're helping, you're not. It's just you're just not. This is a great. This is right out of Dr. Abramson. He's a Harvard medical doctor. This is his direct quote. He says, "Dying with corrected cholesterol." is not a successful outcome in my book. What he's talking about is, sure, I can give you a drug that lowers your cholesterol, but that hasn't lowered your chances of dying. Mm. So all I have is the guy dies or the woman dies just like they would have, and their number on a piece of paper was lower. But when people are taking those drugs, that's not what they're thinking, Jeff, right? Now, I'm about to read to you the published risks of statins. Mm. Okay, so these are drug inserts. These are things that we know are risks associated with statins. Buckle up, because this is heartbreaking. Certain risks, death, suicide, depression, cancer rate increases, rhabdomyolysis, that's a muscle-wasting disease, kidney failure, liver damage, liver failure, liver cancer, kidney failure, irregular heartbeat, erectile dysfunction, breast cancer increase, muscle and joint pain, dizziness, constipation, I could go on and on. You might ask, how can a Lipitor give me, um, how can Lipitor give me depression? When you deplete cholesterol in the brain, you block serotonin uptake sites, which decreases serotonin, which can cause depression. Mm-hmm. See, this is, we just gotta, we gotta realize what's happening. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me to take this drug, only it actually goes in and messes up natural pathways that my body's designed to have. It messes up all over my body, messes up my brain levels, messes up my serotonin, causes depression, causes me to have you know lack of libido, increases my chance of cancer, muscle wasting disease. Why is this such a big deal? There's actually studies about cholesterol drugs that shows it causes more heart attacks. How can cholesterol, how can a cholesterol drug cause more heart attacks? Because your heart's a muscle. So when it causes rhabdomyolysis, which is a muscle wasting disease mm-hmm. and, and destroys CoQ10, which your body needs its cardiovascular protective enzyme, now I'm actually making you more at risk of heart attacks and heart disease, which is how we can sit here taking more drugs than ever and, and, and having more heart disease than ever. This is another a doctor, Dr. Kendrick. And he says, this is, and he's a medical doctor. He says the concept that HDL, high density lipoproteins, you know, HDL cholesterol can remove cholesterol from plaque is what he says, is such a stupid idea. I can't believe it still exists. Once you understand the science, the whole thing is patently ridiculous. Mm. Then all I am is just dying just like I would have, or even worse, with with a cholesterol number that's a different piece of paper, okay? Mm. And this Mm. is why um, 
you know, we have to do this. This is a few other statistics. It's right on the American Heart Journal. It says, quote, no correlation between cholesterol levels and atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis being the, you know, the, the, the buildup of plaque on the walls. It says we don't have a correlation between that. Yeah. There's another one they did, and they, they did this with electron beam uh, tomography where they go in and they can look at progression of plaques. Again, no correlation between levels of cholesterol and the placking. This is a really big deal. One of the largest studies they did on Lipitor, they found it in a five-year follow-up. They said it was a 0% reduction in total mortality, meaning we didn't stop people, right? This other doctor says we need to make um, these, this assumption's never been proven that lowering cholesterol reduces mortality. But this is why people are taking it. This is why people are taking it. And so it's really important that we, that we understand that. A lot of people talk about aspirin, right? Um, this is published articles about aspirin. It says there's been no effect on heart attack or cardiovascular mortality in women. It does increase the risk of major bleeding by 68%. It, there's a there's a 72% increase in men of increasing major bleeding, no effect on stroke or cardiovascular mortality of men. And this one's shocking. This is a nurse's study, one of the largest studies they've ever done. The study of 88,000 nurses found that those who took mo- two or more aspirins a week had a 58% higher risk of pancreatic cancer. A lot of people take their aspirin every day because they told them that that was good for them. A couple of years ago, I believe it, uh, maybe you know, two, three years ago, they actually came out, CDC or one of those, and actually said, we actually can't recommend that anymore because we don't have the science to support that statement. Wow. So wow. how many people, right, have been doing this over and over, right, thinking they're, again, doing the right thing, right? No trial has ever shown statins reduce death in elderly. Um, a review of all the studies showed that only one third revealed all the side effects that showed up. They took the, two thirds of the studies didn't even reduce those. This is where we just have to again really wake up to this. Right now, this one is going to blow some people's mind, and this is actually comes out of a couple of different journals. One is the Journal of the American Medical Association. One is out of the European Heart Journal, and what they actually linked was the the older you are, the the higher your cholesterol, the better. Literally, the higher your cholesterol, the better. Mm. I'm going to show you a couple numbers that are going to blow your mind. In the journal, the American Medical Association, they did a 30-year follow-up to the Framingham study. Remember we talking about the very beginning, the Framingham study? Mm-hmm. He said, after the age of 50, this is a direct quote, there is no increase in overall death related to high cholesterol. It went on to say low cholesterol was a risk factor for coronary disease. It increased 14% every year for one point decrease in cholesterol levels. You're kidding me. I'm direct quote out of JAMA wow. on a 30-year follow-up. So it says, if you're reading this and or you're listening to this and you're over 50 years old, it's saying actually what we found was that, that first of all, there was no relationship to your overall cholesterol levels except that the lower it was, the worse your health outcomes were. The Journal of Cardiac Failure, quote, low cholesterol patients had the worst outcome. And it also showed that high cholesterol had no relationship to heart disease. Mm. The next one, out of the Journal of American Geriatrics, this one's going to, people are going to freak out there, there in their minds. It's found that cholesterol levels in the 276 to 417s were better than cholesterol in the 188s to 417 see so see this is what i mean because we've been so brainwashed right that cholesterol is so horrible for us yeah 
that see but people don't realize your body's making it for a reason it's not stupid it's not going i don't know how much cholesterol to make i'm just gonna turn on the old liver today and see what happens no it's meeting the demands that your body needs because of the amount of inflammation that you have so i'll think of it like this this is somewhat of an analogy if you think you have a fire call that inflammation and you have a hose and to meet to, to put that fire out you need 10 hoses, I don't know, right? 10 little garden hoses. But you come in and you say, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to do that. We're going to just give you five hoses. Well, then I'm never going to put the fire out. The fire is going to win. So we've gone in and when we go in and artificially lower the amount of hose water you get to put on your fire, yeah, you do worse. Yeah, that's not rocket science. You do worse, (laughs) right? So when you, what we're simply saying here is do you have, do you, you know, letting, you know, supporting your body. Now, listen, if you're saying, well, okay, what do I do? Because we just have to reframe our brain around, inf- around cholesterol and say, what you should be asking is not what's my cholesterol. Mm. What you should be asking is, what can I do to lower my inflammation? All right. There's a number. There's actually a, one of the tests you can do is called CRP, C-reactive protein. It's an indicator of inflammation in your body. That's a fairly good test to do. Dr. Terry Harmon, we've had on before. He talks about that test a lot. Hey, listen, and I don't care if you want to get the test or not. I, I, there's 10 things you can do right now just to stop your inflammation. You know what I mean? Like people say, well, I got to get my number. I got to get my number. I said, I don't get the number if you're not going to do anything about it. I can tell you right now your inflammation is probably high if you're living the typical American diet, right? And that inflammation is causing damage into your body and into your arterial walls and your body's going to send in cholesterol to heal that whether you take a drug or not to do it. So you just got to wake up and say, remember the very first thing I talked about with Dr. Dean Orner? She says it's 90% your lifestyle. Okay, so we got to address the lifestyle. So I'm going to hit just a few kind of big ones, right? That no rocket science here, but but they're important. So what, some of the things that we know is no smoking, okay? Now, and actually, let me rephrase that. Not just smoking, um, t- uh, tobacco, nicotine to start with, right? So it doesn't okay. matter if you're smoking it, dipping it, you know, you know whatever. And mm-hmm. here's why this is interesting. Have you ever thought about this? I've always wondered. It's just one of those questions you never thought about. Why is why does smoking, you know, inhaling? Let's use smoking. Take a take a drag off the cigarette. Smoke goes in my lungs, and then comes out. But we all know that generally, I think it's fairly common knowledge that people that smoke have higher risks of heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, it does something to the arteries. Right, what's the plaque but, but, or something? But, 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 but right, just right? think. I'm just saying. But think about this. Like, you know, it goes in my lungs and comes out. Like it's it's kind of. I mean, I agree that it does this, but I just think it's funny we don't really think about it, right? I take I take smoke in my lungs and then I blow it out, and that makes me have. I understand the lung cancer part that my brain can kind of wrap yeah, around. Yeah, I'm putting that in there, easy. okay? Sure. But 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 it makes me have a heart attack. Why? So what is it? Well, because no, it's a great question, right? Because the nicotine, which circulates through our entire bodies, okay. is inflammatory and damaging to the arterial walls. Really? Yeah. So that's why, whether I'm smoking or dipping or taking Nicorette gum, if you go in and you're getting like testing done for life insurance and yep, stuff, yep. and you take Nicorette gum, you're in the same category as the smoker because you're still getting the nicotine in your body, which is a cardiovascular risk factor because of the inflammation that it causes into all of your organs, including your vessels. Body does the same thing it always does with inflammation, sends cholesterol to put the fire out, right? That's Ben, that's so interesting because I always assumed, again, as your average Joe out there, that this is all about the plaque. It was the plaque issue and then the lung issue and everything. Like had no idea of the inflammatory. That's very interesting. So, you know, so smoking, tobacco use, things like that. Another one, this is an obvious one. And again, why? Because of... 
the uh, inflammation is limiting or eliminating sugar, right? So that's fairly common. That is, you know, like uh, like Michael who was talking with us. I mean, he said, you know, I think most of the disease we have, you could really associate with sugar. I would say yeah. you could. There's certainly a strong yeah, relationship yeah, there. Yeah. Um, exercise is important um, from a cardio. We didn't talk a lot about some of the other things like um, you know strokes and you know high blood pressure things like that. But this will help all that. But exercise does help with the. The, the patency of your vessels, right? Um, you know, exercises that work, you know, get your heart rate up. That's a, you're working out that muscle. It's important, okay? Um, alcohol, minimum alcohol is a good, now, again, you know, you've maybe heard some of those people say, wasn't well, red wine good for me and things like that? Listen, um, kind of the current recommendations in this, and I would come into agreement with those. If you're not a drinker, don't start drinking for the benefits of that. Um, but also, you know, binge drinking. And here's why. Why is, why can, uh, why is, uh, alcohol, uh, you know, high consumption of alcohol, a risk factor. Well, we all know this. We were talking about it on that podcast the other time with the sugar. The liver has to detox the, the alcohol, mm-hmm. right? So you're really taxing your liver. Mm-hmm. And so it makes your liver not function as well as it should. You follow? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, eat fruits and vegetables daily, kind of common sense. Drinking water, common sense. Omega-3s, your fish oils, right? Those types of things um, are good. Those are cardiovascular protective, the good fats. Mm-hmm. Uh, limiting your dairy, I would say is a good example. And the reason again is because it causes inflammation. Uh, minimizing your refined grains, right? Your pasta, you know, your, you know, your your cheap, your cheap carbs, right? Your breads, your pastas, your chips. Again, why? Because those cause inflammation, much like sugar does, right? Uh, consuming foods with good fats, your nuts is your nuts, fish, things like that. Um, one of their big risk factors is um, not a time to go into this entirely, but is um, uh, obesity, right? So losing weight is a risk factor mm-hmm. because. Um, partly because the chemicals that fat cells secrete is damaging to the cardiovascular system. Mm. And mm. just, you know, if, if I had 100 pounds more on me, just the taxing on my body, you know, if you've ever had a season, if you've been overweight or out of shape and you go walk a flight of stairs and you get really tired, it's your body telling you, this is hard for me, yeah, right? I'm, yeah, I'm getting yeah, exhausted. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that's interesting is also controlling blood sugars naturally. I want to talk about this for a second because... And it was really important in the research. They said that it's that you're doing it naturally. Meaning, if I'm lowering my blood sugar levels by taking insulin, for example, or um, you know uh, another you know diabetic medication, metformin or something like that, lowering it through a medication is different than lowering it through lifestyle. It's 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 not the same thing. Your body, you don't get the benefit by lowering it with a drug. Okay, much like we're talking about. If I go lower, it's a great example. If I have cholesterol of 400 Mm -hmm. and I start to reduce my inflammation and Mm -hmm. my lifestyle and my cholesterol goes from 400 to 200, Mm -hmm. that's, that actually is better. Mm. If I go Mm. from 400 to 200 with a drug, I'm not healthier. It's a really important it's distinction. The inflammation is going down. Your body doesn't need the as first much. way, and the natural way, yeah. the natural way. Yeah, yeah the yeah, second yeah. one, I didn't have to touch my inflammation. Right, right. I right. didn't do anything there. I'm actually right. sicker because I'm on a toxic right. drug. Right. But we made a number look better on a piece of paper. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like if I'm lifting weights and and you know you ever had somebody spot you you know and and you maybe it went better than you thought. And you go, did you touch that? Were you did you do that? Because that was kind of yeah, easy, man. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> but 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 if you if they did, then you didn't really get the reality of that workout. Sure. You might feel good because across the room it looked like you bench pressed three hundred pounds, sure, sure. but the guy lifted a hundred of that, right? So when you're not, you know, the same thing happens in the body. This is a good example, though. What happens with blood pressure drugs when somebody's on blood pressure drugs, for example, 
and or or um, it's a good example. If you take a blood pressure drug and you lower that artificially, if you've ever been on one and then you want to get off of it, a lot of times it will spike because you've been artificially doing it for the body. Mm-hmm. If you if I started giving you testosterone shots right now, your body would actually stop making the testosterone that's making or reduce that because your body says I don't have to do that anymore. Makes sense. And so you actually see this negative effect or this hyper response. That's why people have rebound pain. People that have taken drugs for headaches and then eventually mm-hmm. I got to take more drugs and more drugs and mm-hmm. more drugs. Yep. And so those are some important things that we have really to. Good. To, to, to consider. Um, yeah. You know, lifestyle is important. Some supplements that people take, CoQ10 is very cardiovascular, protective. Vitamin D has been shown a lot of benefits to, you know, so go out and get your sunshine or supplement with that. Sure. Taking your omega-3s like we talked about, your EPA, your DHA. There are some other things like turmeric because that's a very strong antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. Garlic, you hear a lot about garlic, um, you know, from a cardiovascular protective, you know, garlic pills, things like that. So those are things that I would um, I would look at, you know, now the last thing here as we close down is uh, Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, who I referred to earlier. He's an interesting guy. His wife was actually, if I'm remembering correct, his wife was a medical doctor. He's a medical doctor as well, but his wife was a cardiologist. And he asked her a question one time about, about just something like, hey, honey, like where's, what's the research about like cholesterol? And she said, well, you know, go look on the American Heart Association page. And so he did. And he just started doing what somebody with some time would do. He just kind of followed the citations, right? And he realized, he goes, man, this is really junky science. Like this isn't holding up much of what mm. we just went through today. Sure. So he actually wrote a book about it and it's a great book. But um, one of the things he talked about, he said one of the biggest factors and risk factors in heart disease is what he called spinal cord stress, mm. stress on our nerve system. Mm. And now there's been several articles, journal articles published on what we know through when our posture is bad, when we get, you know, when we, as we shrink, if you will, as our, as our spine compresses, that affects our cardiovascular system. They find in significant increases in coronary heart disease. Um, uh, there's a big, there was a big example of, of that. Well, matter of fact, the study found if, if people lost three centimeters of hype, this is in the archives of internal medicine, okay, top journal, 60% more likely to die of heart disease and lung disease. There was another study done when people had, you know, that hyper, you know, you get the hump in the back. They found out that that people that had that were at an increased risk of atherosclerosis, heart disease, because if it's putting pressure on directly on the organs, just the posture of it, it's also putting pressure on the nerves that go and control those. Mm -hmm. There was a great study that got published several years ago now, and it was about um, chiropractic and blood pressure. And this is what they found. This is published in medical journals. A specific chiropractic adjustment to the upper neck reduced blood pressure by an average of 14 points, okay? They found it worked long-term and better than, their words were better than two medications. So I've lost count of how many people I've taken care of over the years that have gotten off of their blood pressure medications by getting a chiropractic adjustment. Now, some of you might say, well, what the heck? I mean, if you're listening to this, it might not be that you know new to you, but if you're listening to this, you're going to say, well, how would that work? If I'm going to give you just one example. And, and this is important that, to, to think about. So remember the premise of this show, Design to Heal. Our lens is going to be that the body's design is very intelligent. And so when it's doing something, a better question would to be to ask is, and to maybe make the assumption is it's probably doing the right thing, the best thing it can based on what it has. Follow me? So... Um, you know, another example, you know, think about frostbite. Remember when fingers get real told, you know, people will get frostbite on their fingers and toes because the body will actually try to conserve heat and it will pull it to the core to help you live. Mm -hmm. It'll kind of sacrifice those Mm -hmm. appendages Mm -hmm. to do that. But you know, Hey, better that you live. Mm -hmm. So because when your, when your body needs to get blood to the brain, deep 
perfusion of blood to the brain. You need to get oxygen to your brain, sure, right? Sure. You know, you know, if anybody's that's, you know, maybe had a baby and right, that's the concern to like cords around its neck mm-hmm. and these mm-hmm. types of things, or mm-hmm. a stroke is an extreme example of, you know, an area of the brain that doesn't get oxygen to it. So, but the way that the, the, the spine works, there's these arteries that run up called the vertebral artery. Now, if, if there's a misalignment there or pressure there, what will happen is, let me just, and I'm kind of looking at you, I'm thinking of like a di- diameter, think about like a straw or something, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as if, if I got to get blood to the, to the brain through that artery, now if there's pressure on that artery so the circumference gets smaller, it's kind of like putting your finger at the end of the hose, mm-hmm. right? The body's going to say, because the body's smart, it's going to say, I've got to still get the blood and oxygen and nutrients to the brain. Mm-hmm. So it's going to increase the pressure to get it there. You follow? So when we come in, and if, if needed, if there's an area that needs to be adjusted and that we're able to open that up, yeah. the blood pressure can go down because we've removed the restriction that's in that area and the body can doesn't need to have as high blood pressure. The body goes, hey, I don't have to have the blood pressure be you know 175 to get the blood to the brain because that's opened up now. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. part about chiropractic adjustments is when people are stuck in a stress response, um, the nerve system is what modulates that. So when we give adjustments to people, it helps their nerve system relax. And because of that, they find that they're that they're that a lot of times a lot of things change, but one of those can be things like blood pressure, right? They're just their bodies in a more relaxed state, mm-hmm. and so you know, again, of course, you know how you eat, you know, is is is, is plays a major role, causes inflammation. But just like we talked about earlier too, you know, where patients that I know that have a lot of stress in their life, and mm-hmm. I mean everybody knows that I'm stressed out, my blood pressure. So we almost joke about it, right? Mm-hmm. You sometimes even say mm-hmm. you're making my blood pressure, you know, go up. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some reality to that, right? Well, there's no pill that's going to fix that. Okay, if I'm taking a pill to try to lower that, I'm I'm trumping the body's intelligence, yeah. and there's yeah. there's negative consequences for that, just like there is when we take any drug or or any you know from a from a caffeine as we were talking about with our mm-hmm. friend last week, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or an actual pharmaceutical or a street drug, right? They're all having physiological effects on the body. So, as you're listening to this, a couple mm-hmm. things I would encourage you to do, mm-hmm. I would go back and 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 you know. I'm certainly okay. You taking it from me, but go back and find our our um, our episode with Doctor um, Doctor uh, <laughs> uh, the cardiologist, Doctor Jack Wolfson. Yeah, right, Jack. he's out uh-huh. of Arizona. You yeah. know, I'd listen to his episode. Um, he's almost bolder than I am. I mean, he and he has a great book that he wrote, actually called the Paleo Cardiologist, uh, more of a keto based, paleo based approach to you know reducing inflammation and things like that. But what I'd want you to know is our approach to treating cardiovascular disease in America through pharmacology has failed and failed miserably. Okay, so if you're on those medications or worried about being on those medications, the greatest thing you can do is address your lifestyle. Whether or not you choose to take drugs or not, of course, that's always your choice, and I would always your choice whether I'm telling you to or not or another doctor is telling you to or not. That's not the point of this show. The point is I want you to know you have that choice, Mm -hmm. but I also want you to know there is tremendous amount of things that you can do just through your lifestyle that will dramatically reduce your chances of having cardiovascular disease be why you die, Mm -hmm. and that is validated by Dr. Dean Ornish and Dr. Esselstein, who are top mm-hmm. level cardiologists the print you know with published medical articles it might not be the common knowledge it might not be what everybody has said it might not be that what you've heard it might not even have been what your cardiologist said right which is why dr wolfson had to leave his cardiology practice right because he said hey this isn't lining up right and so if you're hearing this today you either have what you can be call a family history of that or maybe you think it's even in your genes 
frankly, it doesn't really matter if it is or if it isn't. My point being, healthy lifestyle is still your best approach. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so what you're eating, you know, are you getting the pressure off of your nerve system? Have you ever had that properly analyzed? Mm-hmm. You know, what are what is on your fork and your plate? You know, what are you eating? What does your stress look like? Um, and and this is kind of a downer, but and also if you are on those drugs, I do want you to know that they're probably not doing what you think. Mm-hmm. They're not helping you like you think they are. And there's tremendous side effects to them. And so there's other approaches. There's other ways you can, you know, you don't have to, you know, go by what I say, but begin to get yourself educated. And um, I think that we'll see a time where we'll, you know, I don't know when it will be, but I think they'll admit that cholesterol drugs are one of the biggest failures we ever did. Um, It shouldn't be we shouldn't be using it like we are. I think we've really missed the boat there and it's moved us backwards because again, it made people say, I don't have to take responsibility for my health. Uh, yeah, you do actually. <laughs> okay. Matter of fact, the science is pretty clear that that's the major, major player when it comes to how we feel. If you're worried about some of the long-term effects like, you know, Alzheimer's and some of these things, um, the greatest way, the greatest thing you can do, the greatest thing you can do is take care of yourself today, okay? Your brain health tomorrow or 20 or 50 years from now has a lot more to do with, uh, you know, if you went on a walk today and, and you know, what you ate than, than what you do when you're, you know, 72, okay? So when we're putting these toxic chemicals in our body through food, through drugs, through vaccines, these things have effects. And we need to, you know, we need to be aware of that. So that's what I got today, my friend. School's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.